Welcome and thank you for joining us for another edition of The Urban Therapist. I am your host, Eddie Jean Hall Jr. And joining me today, as always, is my good friend and the co-host of The Urban Therapist, Mr. Lewis Rhodes. How you doing today, Lou? Hey, I'm glad to be here and I'm sure you got great topics planned yet again. Oh yeah, we do. But wait a minute, man, I got one question. Um, where where was your uh, music intro? Oh, you mean no, my no, no. Well, you know, it could be a clap. It could be <laughs> horses trot. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm expecting you to come up with something now every show. <laughs> How's <was> that? <laughs> a whoopee cushion, man. Really? A, a whoopee party, cushion for your party interest? make party noise maker or something? That sounds like a whoopee cushion to me, Louis. <laughs> Okay, but I'm dating myself because a lot of people don't. That's a little cushion. All right, we will keep going. Thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for setting everything up. And yes, yes we've sir. got a fantastic show for you today. We have a very special guest joining us a little later on in the show. And we want to let you know that you can reach us on, uh, you can listen to us, I should say, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Lewis has got us all over the place you know the one thing i got to get used to lewis looking at the screen and looking up because i can't <laughs> see you if i look up there so y'all know that i'm looking i'm looking to see what lewis doing that's why i'm not looking up there so just want y'all to know but we appreciate you joining us today and our topic for the day is is one very special to to my heart because um as I matured in years and I had the opportunity to meet different people in life, um, I was ex I, I met people from all walks of life, and I was privileged even before I went into the field of mental health counseling uh, to have people to, to trust me and, and to talk to me about things. And learning about the challenges that many of us have been through um it just made me realize you don't know what somebody is going through and and they the way they project themselves you don't know what they had to get to to get to that point to have that strength uh to become the person who they are because of the traumatic events that have happened to them in their lives and some of the people that I've met Lou and some of the things that they share with me what that they've been through and I was like, wow, what, you know, you? And not that, you know, they were too good or anything like that, but just to see the resiliency in their lives and the determination in what they went through to work through those things in their lives to become the people that they became. Mm. And then the flip side of that, after becoming a, a mental health counselor, working with individuals on a regular basis who were working and dealing with the consequence, the consequences and the residual effects of trauma. Now, trauma is a small word with a big meaning, covers a lot. And we've got a very special person with us tonight. And, and we're hoping that she's going to come back and be with us again because we want to talk about this topic today. We just, we're just going to start today because there's no way we can do one show on it. But tonight, we want to start a special series called Healing 
past the hurt. And tonight's topic of healing past the hurt is dealing with trauma. So we've got a video that we want to start with before we bring on our guest. And Lou, all I can say is let's get to it. Now, I'm just a sex object. I thought of escaping, but they did whatever they want with me. I could breathe, but I felt dead inside. When I was rescued, I thought the worst part was over. Then, I realized I didn't know what I was saying. I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. I felt horrified all the time, and didn't know why. I couldn't forget the traumatic event, as they started calling it. Thoughts, images, voices were always in my mind reminding me of the horror I felt there. Even at night, I dreamed about it. I was afraid of being awake because the thoughts wouldn't disappear, but sleeping terrified me even more. The dreams felt so real. I had the sensation that I never left that horrible place. My family told me to talk about it, but I tried to avoid everything related with the pain. Places, men, everything. I just stayed home, trying to forget all about it, but it seemed impossible. My friends and family tried to convince me to get back to my normal life, but I just couldn't. Everything they told me made me mad. I had angry attacks every day without exception. I couldn't go anywhere, nor do anything without thinking about it. I tried, I really tried, but I just couldn't. And nobody seemed to understand it. I was alone. Whenever someone tried to come close, I would push them away. Why would I want them to be close if they didn't get me? I felt like it could happen again. I felt like I would never get over it. I just wanted to be alone. I didn't let people help me, kiss me, or even hug me. I thought there was no future. I wish the pain would stop. I didn't want to live anymore. It took a long time to finally feel alive again. Joining me this evening is a very special young lady that I had the privilege of meeting a couple of years ago. This is Miss Mimi Culpepper. How you doing today, Mimi? There it is. I'm great. I appreciate that. Especially right. that, especially to be called young. I'll accept that anytime. <laughs> well, Mimi, we want to thank you for joining us today. Now, Mimi, I, I know you are a licensed mental health counselor, but you have some other credentials behind you. And you also have, well, I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you would, to tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you're a licensed mental health counselor, and you got a lot of other letters behind your name and a lot of experience. So can you just share a little bit about you with our audience this evening before we keep going? Sure. Well, I am Mimi. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I am licensed in the state of Florida as well as the state of Nevada. And all the letters only tell me that I can just do some other work, um, but is a master's level certified addictions professional and a certified clinical trauma professional. 
So a lot of training. Um, I enjoy reading and expanding my knowledge so that I can try to provide the best service to the people that I serve. Well, we appreciate you being on with us today. And and the, being a, now that the last set, CCTP, Certified. Certified Clinical Trauma Professional. Certified Clinical Trauma Professional. So we got the right person for this topic tonight. Now, one other thing I want to share with everybody is uh, that Ms. Mimi was uh, is it and is it okay if we call you by your first name? I always ask people that. I Please. don't want to take it for granted. Okay, I always ask. I people would appreciate first. if you drop the miss. You call me young, and then you added the miss, so we could just go with Mimi. We can just go with Mimi. All right, got to check Mimi. first now. Mimi's fine. All right, all right. So, go. Mimi, you made me forget my train of thought. Okay, here we go, <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> Mimi also has her own private practice. And Mimi, how long have you had your private practice now? I started the private practice during the pandemic. So May of 2021. Okay, great. And how how is things going with your practice? It is going great. It's been a blessing. Um, I launched part-time in May of 2021. And January 1st, 2023 is when I launched full-time. So okay. it has been a dynamic experience. Great. So now, very before you go, well, after the show, what we're going to do, folks, we'll make sure that you get or that with Mimi's permission, for those who may be looking for a qualified therapist, that uh, we'll be able to make sure you have her contact information so you can reach out to her. So, Mimi, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um the topic today, you, you saw the video yes, at the top of the show, okay? Now, this particular video dealing with a young lady who was a victim of sex trafficking and then talking about the after effects. And now the video went on to deal with post-traumatic, talk about how she developed post-traumatic stress disorder. Before we even go there, do you mind talking a little bit about or give us like a general explanation of what trauma is. Because I know some people may see that video and they may say, oh, well, you know, I've never been through anything like that. So I, I don't have trauma. I don't, I, don't, I don't have trauma. But that was one case of an extreme circumstance that happens to thousands of people every day. But we want to mm -hmm. let people know that even if you have not been through something like that, that does not mean that you have not been through or that you are not dealing with trauma. So can you tell us as a professional being certified in that field, what's a general definition of trauma? Sure. So there's all types of definitions of trauma, but I guess okay. to give a general definition of trauma, it would be more of an individualized, unique experience or set of experiences or, or events that affect us or impair us in response to event, a traumatic event. So it is something that had to have been directly witnessed or experienced. So I know sometimes people will say, well, I was traumatized because I watched maybe the World Trade Center collapse. Um, I watched it on video. So it doesn't have the same magnitude and that would not 
meet the criteria for trauma per se. So the other part is that we know that it is functionally impairing. So everyone so is going to have functionally. If I could jump in, when you say functionally impairing, what do you mean by that? When you say it's functionally impairing? Okay, so we know that it's going to impact their cognitions and behaviors. So thought processes, the ability maybe to retain memories. Sometimes it could be flashbacks. Sometimes it could be the ability to retain information, concentrating, and of course, um, ways numbing and not being able to feel. Sometimes individuals don't even feel emotions. And those unpleasant emotions that come up, they're finding ways to try to avoid that. I mean, naturally, as humans, we are hardwired to not want to. We want to avoid discomfort and pain. But the distress is so intense with the trauma, these individuals are either not feeling or they're finding ways to avoid the pain. And that's another criteria for the post-traumatic stress disorder. So, okay, so if something has happened to me in life that has caused me not to be able to respond or can I give you an example? Sure. Can you tell me? Let's say if it's a person who maybe is in a marriage relationship mm-hmm. and uh, maybe they cannot uh, be intimate with their partner the way the partner would like them to or they would like to. And it's because of something that happened to them in their childhood or mm-hmm. maybe uh, as, a, as an adult. And so because of that event, maybe if the partner says certain things or does certain things or tries to touch them a certain way, they can't respond or they respond in a negative way because of that. Is it a possibility that they're dealing with some type of traumatic event that has taken place in their life and they've been burying it? Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And I'm asking that because, and and correct me if I'm wrong on this, have you met people who are dealing with trauma and they don't know it? Yes. So... And the other part is that everyone, and I want to make sure that I um, integrate this, this is critical. Everyone that experiences a traumatic event does not necessarily experience trauma symptoms. Okay. Okay. So, and there are several factors that would determine, and sometimes it's unknown. So I wonder, that's, of course, that's the caveat. But your question is, are there individuals who have or our experience trauma responses and they're unaware that that's what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, okay. And I say that because when you talked about burying and avoiding, like in the video that we watched earlier, mm-hmm. uh, when the young lady said she tried not to think about it, she yes. tried to block things out. When people tried to show her love, um, she pushed them away. 
I have seen and have met people who push people away uh, or who even it may seem as though may sabotage their own happiness or success because they feel as though they don't deserve it because of something that has happened to them or something that they've been through with life and they can't put those pieces together. Yes. So how do you help, how would you mm-hmm. help someone to start to recognize, okay, I may have an issue with trauma in my life or hiding or burying some type of traumatic events that have happened, how would you work or help that person come to the, to start the process of healing and dealing with that? Okay. So I've had, I've had over 20 years experience, but the vast majority of my experience has been working with co-occurring disorders. And that would be working with individuals who have a diagnosis of either a primary diagnosis of a substance use disorder and then a secondary diagnosis of a mental health disorder. Mm -hmm. So what we find is that there's a high comorbidity between the two. If you find individuals who have a severe substance use disorder, there is a likelihood that there's some type of trauma history. So years... Well, you think about individuals who have gone through. So I worked, a lot of my work was done in the criminal justice system. And with a lot of the clients or patients that I worked through, work with over the years, they have shared history or they've shared their stories about childhood abuse um, or domestic violence or intimate partner violence. And more importantly, I would say I, I guess I'll start with the childhood abuse and not even recognizing the implications, because sometimes we feel that this is something that happened back then, but it has no bearing on me here. But there's still ramifications that still affect us. So and we hold all that. We hold our trauma in the body. But get to get back to your question, when someone comes in and this is, like I said, something that I saw a lot with that population. And even with some of the patients that I see now, they may come in um, to say, uh, Mimi, Miss Mimi, I would like to work with you. I'm struggling with some anxiety. But then while I'm completing their assessment, there's trauma history and them not recognizing that this is actually one of the primary issues. So getting them regulated. So a lot of individuals are not in tune with their body. So I do a lot of work with, let's understand your symptoms and minimizing the distress physiologically that you're experiencing. And I provide, I'm sorry? No, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. I provide I'm a lot of psychoeducation. Okay. So I provide a lot of psychoeducation concurrent with that. So emotional regulation. So whether that is breathing exercises, getting back out into nature and distress tolerance techniques so that they can understand what's going on in their body, understand that what this is going on, but also and 
while doing all this while cultivating an atmosphere that is compassionate, where they feel safe, because trauma survivors do not feel safe. They're operating under perceived threat. So this atmosphere of safety, and this is what's going on, and this is why, and let's get you first feeling better. You're anxious, you're fidgety, you're agitated. So are you, you saying that, that that fidgety, fidgetiness, I know that's not a word, but the fidgetiness <laughs> and some the the anxiety could possibly be for some individuals, not all, could be signs of maybe some buried or hidden trauma? It could be a trauma response. Okay. You mind start sharing with us while we're on that, okay, while we're there, because here's one of the things I want to make clear to the audience, everybody listening. And, and definitely, we don't want you to do any self diagnosing, y'all. We don't want y'all to do that. That's why I want you to get Miss no. Mimi's contact information. No, no we don't want you to do any self diagnosing. <laughs> yeah. But we want you to be aware that the way you may be responding and experiencing life and some of the issues that you may have had and may be having in your in your relationships, not just your uh, relationship with your significant other, but family members, co-workers could be linked to some hidden, buried, or ignored traumas that have taken place in your life. I want yes, to Luke. ask a question too. Um, and, and I was just curious if Mimi could share, um, based on at least her knowledge, how prevalent is trauma um, when it comes to men versus women? Do we have any statistics mm -hmm. on like what impact trauma has in our society or in our culture, right? Whether it's, you know, black families versus white Ooh. families. Do you have any kind of kind of um, stats to share, or at least from a, a professional experience, who's more likely to have experienced trauma or have trauma, traumatic events that probably are impacting them even years later? Okay. Well, it depends on what type of trauma we're talking about. What we do know is that the report it's underreported for men, especially mm -hmm. if we're talking about sexual trauma. So as far as stats, no, I do not have that information. Um, retaining numbers off the top of my head is definitely one of my limitations. But I would say reflecting on my experience with working in the population with substance abusers in the criminal justice system, which was working with a lot of men, there was history, I would say a lot of history of trauma. So that would, if that entailed exposure to gun violence, mm -hmm. which we know is prevalent, particularly with men of color or men of color. So in certain neighborhoods, so there's that type of trauma or in domestic violence relationships, whether they witness that from their caregivers. So me, yeah. I'm glad. So that was going to lead to my next question. And 
I, I, I appreciate you and, for, and everybody listening. I want you to know what we're doing tonight. We're painting a broad with a broad brush, broad strokes right now, because we're going to come back later, not later today, but we're going to come back in a few later episodes and be more specific on some aspects, different aspects of trauma. But Mimi, you said something earlier about chemical dependency in dealing with trauma. And when we talk about trauma, I've read that one definition of trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or natural disaster. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people think if that those are the only main measurements mm-hmm. for trauma. So if I haven't been through a hurricane, Lou, or or tornado, or if I haven't been off the war, or if I haven't been sexually abused, that I, I have not experienced trauma. So, right. you know, why are you acting like that? But Mimi, it's not like you brought out uh witnessing my mama get beat up by my daddy mm-hmm. or yeah. witnessing um uh somebody that i love using drugs yeah. or getting yeah. shot and killed you know working yeah. in the prison system yeah. uh mm-hmm. i can't tell you how many young men and older men i have sat in front of the last few months who shared with me I was out with my cousin and and he got killed or, you know, yep. the other day a young man was telling me, hey, they would they were chasing me through the hood, man. And, and, and they shot and they shot and killed my boy and another gentleman, vehicular uh, homicide, you know. So mm-hmm. witnessing death in any shape, form or fashion. Could be a traumatic event for someone. Yes. Yeah. So how how, how do you help people? Start with that how 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 do you help people you know make that first step in saying i know you talked about earlier about you you have people try to recognize their bodies and and how they're feeling about things but how do you start to help people peel back the layers because i can imagine and you can correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> that that people don't come into your office and say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm just suffering with trauma, and I and this is why, you know, how do you how do you get that ball rolling with people to make them feel comfortable, or you know, to even start the process? Yeah, trauma is yes, it's a very delicate topic, and even the feet the idea of discussing or even having to think the thought of thinking about trauma for a lot of individuals elicits fear so and can i throw in pain as well yes okay. fear and pain so it has to be done of course very carefully so most importantly again i use the term compassion for the sake of redundancy. So of course, creating an atmosphere that is compassion. Okay. So if someone yeah. comes to you, you're, you're not going to make them feel as if you're judgmental. No. Okay. So somebody who's dealing with trauma, I guess I would assume can carry that guilt maybe of, was it my fault? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it as something often, that I did? Mm-hmm. 
So this is where the education is helpful because a lot of individuals, yes, that is their cognitive schema. That is what they're replaying and rehearsing. If maybe it's something I did or something I did, I could have done some preventative measures and internalizing it. Like, again, like I said, replaying that and that just reinforces all of those emotions, those symptoms that they're not wanting to feel. So this is this is appropriate, not appropriate in terms of we want you to feel this way, but what you have experienced, this is what, for what you have experienced, this is your trauma response. Now, but trauma we, response, that's a phrase I think a lot of people don't know or don't understand. Because again, if we go by that definition, trauma is an emotional response mm-hmm. to a terrible event. And mm-hmm. earlier you said that everybody responds to things differently. So one person, what may be traumatic to one person, depending on their makeup, may not be traumatic to someone else. So what are some of the things in your experience that you've seen people have had to wrestle with either as far as symptoms of trauma are concerned or maybe even traumatic events themselves? Well, that is going to vary um, per individual. So Mm -hmm. as far as wrestling with the past and having to reckon with a violation that has occurred or them being robbed of a part of their life. So something that also occurs with with trauma, what is called dissociative amnesia. So sometimes individuals may not remember certain parts or even key parts of their life. So I may, I don't remember these things. Is that like, so that's a protective measure? Yes, to block that out. Yes, where our brain, our brain, it was so complex and yet so sophisticated. So it has these protective mechanisms that are put in place that keeps us safe. So even though I might block it out, because this happened to me, I I know there's a there's there's a book called uh, the I believe it's called the Body Keeps the Score. By Bessel van der Kolk. Yes. Okay. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you pronounced his last name because I can't do it. So, you know, I, I could just tell you the book. <laughs> so with, with that and what you're saying is, so even though I might mentally block out some of the memories, my body, because I've been through now. that, mm-hmm. I'm holding it all in there. Yes. Is it is it possible for me to hold it in for years and years oh, and years? A lifetime. Okay. No. So so is it ever is it ever a thing? Is it ever a good thing? Okay, let me make sure I ask this right. Is it ever a good thing for people to ignore or continue to pretend that something didn't happen to them and they're over it if they've never gotten help for it. Mm. And I, I'm I'm not trying to put you 
on the spot, but th this is one of the things for the urban therapist, and I re really value and we really want your professional opinion on this because in certain communities, and especially in our community, mm -hmm. there, I, I, I didn't hear that word trauma growing mm -hmm. up, and even as a young adult, and you know, tra 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 traumatic event, counseling, it. What the only counselor yeah. I knew was the high school, yeah, high school counselor, you know, with a paddle. That's the only kind of counseling I knew, you know. And I was gonna say the the best way we deal with things in our community is not talk about it. That's right. right. That's right. And well, find those uh, alternatives. It. Just pray, pray about pray it. it. And and pray about it. Yeah. And the other alternatives, you know, Mimi, would you tell about like I know other people get high and stuff too, but you know, getting high. Drinking, hey. Yeah, there's a, yeah. There's all type of avoidance, unhealthy avoidance tactics. So yes, so we we could just say it. We have to destigmatize therapy and asking for help in particularly in the black community. Okay. We have to get rid of this culture of secrecy. But yes, it has been ingrained gen generation after generation. And so many people have been hurting as a result. No, this is that we don't talk about this. So, okay. So, and so then I'm not trying to put words in your mouth then. So then are, are you saying that this is something, if somebody's listening tonight, or today, whatever your, your time zone might be when you're checking out this show. That is okay to face up to and to face the monster that's still under your bed. Whether you're 50, 15, or whatever. It's okay to face that monster that's under the bed. Is it safe for me to... Say that. It is safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because Mimi Lewis, one of the things that Mimi has brought out, and she said it very succinctly, as a people, you know, we've been taught to keep it at home. And and rightly so, it's been cultural. Mm -hmm. But times and the culture has evolved. And that evolution has now created safe places and spaces for us. To be able to get the help we need, like for example, uh, Mimi seeing a, a, a African American female mental health professional years ago when I was even a young man, or you know, so I, I would not have seen that. Even for me, as an African American male, even just as a male, period, you didn't see a lot of men mm -mm. in this field, you know. And so the things we deal with and dealt with having somebody that we could look at that we could relate to it wasn't there but now it's there that's right the cultural aspects we understand so mimi we appreciate you joining us tonight and i, I want to re-emphasize that mimi is available she has a practice now do you do um What's it called? Do you do tele telehealth, telehealth as well? 
Yeah, okay. I do. You do telehealth as well? Okay. Yes. So she does telehealth as well. So we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll have at the end of the broadcast, a uh, contact information for you where you can get in touch with Mimi. If you'd like to, you know, talk to her and find out how she might be able to help you. Uh, Mimi, is there any last words that you want to share with us uh, before we let you go today? I would say in terms of trauma, if there's anyone out here who's listening and has been contemplating, or if there's anything that came up that speaks to you, that reinforces that, you know what, I need to speak to someone. I'm tired of hurting. Reach out, reach out to someone. There's so many resources that are available. You can go to Psychology Today, Therapy for Black Girls confidential safe space you don't have to continue to hurt we appreciate that and i want to re-emphasize for those of us for some of us who may have turned to drugs and alcohol or whatever gambling sexing out to try to deal with the pain mimi is skilled and helping you work through that addiction and deal with the reasons why. And it's a process and it takes time, but taking that first step and saying, you know what, I need to do this. This is how you get started. And so Mimi, we wanna thank you again for joining us. We wanna thank you for what you're doing, 20 years of experience. That's a lot of experience for a young lady to have and we appreciate you being Thank on the show you. with us tonight and before you go we want you to join us because something we do something we started it's lewis's fault lewis is over there <laughs> <laughs> we have this spot we have on the show called what is it called lewis where is that from <laughs> Where's that from tonight, Lewis? What, what you what you got? What you got tonight, man? I know we caught you off guard, Mimi. You know, we, 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 we try to be cautious. We 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 on the we on the cusp of PG thirteen and R. You know, but we we oh, on the okay. we on the PG thir right. thirteen. I'm open minded. So good. Oh, I'm shouldn't have told me that. Because Lewis will tell you, I balance my halo on my horns. But okay, so go ahead. <laughs> so the, the WTF segment, uh, just so that Mimi knows, we go and find something that's happening out in the in the internet, right? And there's all kinds of great things to talk about. But just kind of, we are going to bring it here. We're going to react to it. And sometimes it's a little bit on the lighthearted side, not because of the content, but just how we see it, right? So today, uh, I've got a great clip. I'm going to just, I, I'm not going to set this up. I just want to play it and see what you guys think. And we'll talk about it at the end. How's that? Here we go. Okay. I don't know how to easily get into this one. but So I'm just going to say the headline. Man in Belgium fakes his own death and shows up at his own funeral in a helicopter to teach his family a lesson about staying in touch. That's the helicopter. What? The prank was pulled out. I don't know if you can even call it a prank. Guy's name is David Bairton. And his wife and children were there. And he wanted to see if they cared about him. The daughter wrote online. This is what the daughter wrote. Rest in peace, Daddy. I will never stop thinking about you. Why is life so unfair? 
Look at the, how, look at how emotional this is. Some people were pretty upset at this, but Barton said he didn't like how he was being treated by some of his friends and family lately. Okay. Frank, <laughs> Frank, you're up first. Go ahead. I did a little reading on this, and apparently he's a TikToker. Mm. Imagine that. Uh-huh. Uh, our friendship's done. If you fake that, to be honest with you... You're dead to me. You're, you are dead to me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I think we could have a conversation, maybe go out for lunch, and you could tell me how you feel, and maybe you feel I'm not paying attention to you. But to fake your own death, that is, you know... Um, we only live in this world once in our lives, and life is precious, and it's good to think about death each and every day, but you should never ever do that to any family member and or friend. That is traumatizing. It's outrageous. It's Damn. traumatizing. I can't believe this is a fault. Hey, it's connected now, to trauma too, right? That, yeah. Listen. Yeah, I caught that. Listen. I'm ready to say, I'm ready to say the real WTF on that. That was... <laughs> That was absolutely ridiculous. That man, now, that man, he needs counseling, not I for trauma, thinking, but because like, he has low self-esteem. And I was like, I need to give him one of my cards. Right. Yeah, you, you do. <laughs> that was, okay, man, that was a real WTF right there. Cause talk about, can you, now, I was gonna say, talk about inflicting trauma. How about that? <laughs> I tell you the worst there part. Maybe Go ahead, some, there might, there's some else back there. Yeah. He's got I tell you, would have been back there for me. <laughs> I tell you, would have been back there for me. You if I was supposed to get, <laughs> no, nah, if I was supposed to be getting some of that uh, insurance money because he was dead, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh well, you know, I, here's what I'm about to do. Can you can you imagine if he had a good insurance policy? They, I'm sure everybody's oh, here we go, here we go. But then they were counting up what they were about to buy. What they, now they got to give all that money back. <laughs> Well, there's if a little we more inside. anymore. There's a little bit more mm. inside story on it that I've learned by watching further to that clip. Apparently, okay. he let some of the other family members in on the secret, but just the commitment. I mean, come on, the helicopter and I mean yeah. <laughs> the commitment to death. Like you, you have to like pretty much just not be uh, present or available or on social media. But but then the, the idea that I'm going to come to my own funeral and see who is there and who is impacted by the oh my by my gosh. loss. That's, yeah. There's, there's yeah. a name yeah. for that, but we're not going to talk about that here. Mimi, what would you diagnose just off the top of your head? What provisional diagnosis would you give this dude? The provisional diagnosis that I would give? <laughs> And, and for those of you who want the provisional diagnosis, this is what we're saying is wrong, but we ain't sure yet. <laughs> I don't have enough information yet. <laughs> yes, you do. You just be you just being nice. You know what you want to say. It's just not in the medical dictionary. It's just not in the DSM five. You know I was what like, you yeah, want to it's say. It's not in this book. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, listen, again, we want to thank Miss Mimi Culpepper for joining. Mimi, now, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Yeah, would you come back? Come back to be with us again? It would be an honor and a privilege to come back with you All young right. men. Oh, listen. <laughs> oh, he's still my, my beating heart. Listen to it. Yes. Thanks, Mimi. That's and we want to thank everybody for joining us today. 
Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, and make sure you check out Mimi has a website as well, right? I do. You got a website? Okay. Make I, sure you check out her website. Are, We're going to get all that information. Let her give too. her details. Mimi, if oh, anyone wants to look you up, how do they find you? They can find me on my website at Mimi Culpepper Counseling. M I M I C U L Pepper Counseling.com. Or you can find me on Psychology Today, which is probably the most comprehensive directory to find a practitioner for mental health or a psychiatrist. You can go into Psychology Today and you can type my name up or Therapy for Black Girls or a number of other platforms, but those are probably the ones that are most regularly used. Thank cool. you. Or I you can call me girls. and at ahead. area code 352-448-7960. And get that one more time. You get, you know, you got to do it like to do the information. You can call me again at, so you got to do that one more you time. You can call at area code 352-448-7960. And we will get so, back to you at our earliest convenience if we are not available. Okay. And she will get back to you. All right, folks, again, thank you for joining us for another edition of The Urban Therapist. I'm your host, Eddie Jean Hall Jr. And taking us out tonight is my good friend and the co-host, Mr. Lewis Rhodes with Ms. Mimi Culpepper. Take care, everybody.